1: Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. the poster said, See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13.
0: Hello and welcome to the Everything Is Black and White podcast. It's time for the latest episode in our mini series. Let's talk about. So far, we've covered Eddie Howe, Joe Linton and Jamal Lascelles. This week, we're moving away from people and we're moving to a subject in which currently 52,000 people can fit into. But it's a fine bet that if uh, they had the chance, there'd be another 52,000 people waiting and banging on the doors to get into. And of course, John, it is St. James's Park. And the big question is, do Newcastle uh, expand or relocate? There was season tickets released back in June. 30,000 people queued online for just what we believe was 1,000 tickets. It shows the demand that is there to see Newcastle United play at St James's Park. Your initial thoughts on that question, though. Do Newcastle United relocate or expand? Terrific, terrific
1: question to which there's no straight answer for any Geordie, I think, because the heart tells you that you want St. James's Park to last where it is to be, where it has been for the 130-year history of Newcastle. And for something like 12 years before Newcastle United, were even uh, Amalgamation uh, produced Newcastle United, there was 12 years of playing football on the site before that. Uh, so the heart, and it's such a wonderful site, bang in the centre of the town, the cathedral on the hill, and it really is, it dominates the skyline of New- the city of Newcastle, and the heart says, "Please let Newcastle stay, Newcastle United stay where they are." The difficulty with that is that we're very limited now what we can do with the gro- with the ground in terms of expansion because the Lees Terrace is a listed building on one side of the ground, Strawberry Place the the land was sold by ashley so yeah limited what you can do there and it may well be that if newcastle are in a new era now that's going to last indefinitely an era of sustained success that the we may have to think of the unthinkable which is having a new ground built to a size that um, is proportionate, whether that's 76,000, 80,000. It's amazing, isn't it? Because at this time last season... One year ago, Newcastle couldn't fill a 52,000 crowd because uh, uh, Mike Ashley was the owner and Steve Bruce was the manager. We couldn't fill the ground. Now, less than 12 months later, we're talking about that we needed almost twice as high as it was because people are so interested. The secret is that you've got to, to rebuild St James's Park uh, somewhere else, you've got to have sustained success. To fill the ground, there's not. I remember when Sir John Hall produced the entertainers in the, in uh, making St James's Park into the fifty-two thousand capacity it now is. He said this the difficult balancing act was that you were better having a small list of waiting people waiting for season tickets rather than a lot of empty seats which looks bad on match days and looks as if there's somehow a whiff of failure around the club. So you want the ground to be full and throbbing but you don't want to be locking out thousands upon thousands of people that deserve to be in and also provide money for the club. So it's a very difficult one. And it is... It's now an engineering assessment in in terms of whether you can... Uh, expand the current ground it's an engineering ass- assessment not a job for the architects the architects can draw pretty pictures but that is not the bottom line and if <sighs> probably 10,000 as much as Newcastle could increase bearing in mind the leases, Terrace and bearing in mind the restrictions so you're building as much upwards as you are outwards and um, Probably ten thousand is about as big as you could get up to sixty two thousand on the current site.
0: And you would imagine as well the cost just for those ten thousand oh, yes. may not make uh, you know, business sense. And we say a lot in football, don't we, John, that there's no room for, for sentiment when it comes to transfers and contracts and, and the word loyalty is thrown about as well. Sure. But you mentioned there the feeling you get when you drive across the Red Roof Bridge or you come in over the train, and you look up and you see St. James's Park on that hill. And it does, as a Newcastle fan, give you that warm, fuzzy oh, feeling. Oh, no question you know, about that. That's that's the church we like to go to. And that is why, for me, the club, in my opinion, as a fan, should do everything they can to keep Newcastle at, at St. James's Park. But from a business sense... I just don't know how viable it's going to be. And I will state to you guys, the listeners, we haven't heard anything. We're not acting on inside knowledge. We're just debating the point that is going around on social media and it's in the newspapers. But from a business sense, John, you know, given the the, the demand, given the, the the attention on the club, mm. you know, there's global attention now on the club. The owners are going to want to make sure that they look the very best they can do when that attention is on them. From a business sense, is 10,000 seats going to be enough? to to kind of, you know, cure that hunger? I think it's inevitable if the current
1: new owners produce the sustained success we expect them to produce and they wish to produce, and I'm talking about sustained success, not, you know, the entertainers, that period, did it last the whole of the 90s? Maybe you didn't. Maybe you just lasted the first half of the 90s. But if you take when Newcastle were finishing second top successive years, uh, if you take the fact that they played 98-99 in the cup finals, uh, you look at Bobby Robson, you could say there was a reasonable amount of sustained uh, success. but. It only applies if these owners stick around, which we have no reason to think they won't, they're in it for the long haul, not the short haul, stick around and produce the sort of success. If Newcastle or Manchester City or Liverpool, yes, they could well have to move their ground. Um, If you're going to build a white elephant, that's going to hold 85,000, and then you're not going to get anything like that. It, it, It... regularly at a different ballgame. I guess
0: the point you're making there as well, though, if if the success does come, it it will maybe force the hand of of the owners, won't it? It will. If the success
1: is long-term, if Newcastle become regulars in the Champions League in the way that Liverpool are and Manchester City are and Arsenal used to be, uh, then the ground has got to be bigger than it is now. There's absolutely no question about that.
0: I mean, the, the demand is astronomical. We've mentioned there's around 30,000 people queuing for what we think was around th- 1,000 season tickets. On Thursday, just gone, the memberships were released. And at one point, there was 20,000 people in the queue for memberships, which will give you priority uh, over tickets that will then go on a general sale. But from where I'm sitting, I, I think general s- sale is a thing of the past. I can't see any tickets you know, not selling out and the question about the memberships there, John, if let's say them 20,000 people in the queue have bought the memberships, I don't know exactly the number of how many have been sold. How many tickets through memberships are actually going to be available on match days? Let's say, what do you reckon? thirty-five to 40,000 season ticket holders. You've then got to write off a few thousand for the away fans. Away fans, yeah. You then hospitality. So realistically, what are you looking at? Maybe... Seven to 10,000, if that, tickets to go through memberships where we mentioned at one point I mean, it was 20,000 people queuing.
1: The sheer excitement, I, I mean, it reminds me of the old days when I was on the inside at Newcastle, and I haven't been part of the Magpie group when the entertainer started, and you had a twenty thousand, thirty thousand waiting list to, to watch Newcastle then. You had 5,500 turning up at the training ground because the, in those days keegan let in supporters down at durham to watch the train you were getting five and a half thousand people watching newcastle train on the morning i mean it was phenomenal and that buzz is there again there's absolutely no question about that whatsoever Um, and but we've got to sustain it i it is a question of do the owners and only they can answer this try to build on top of st james's park to turn it from 52 to 62 and then in 8 or 9 years or 10 years time need to move out and start again on a completely new stadium or do they go to the straight away to the completely new stadium the demand as long as Newcastle remain successful is going to be phenomenal okay. um, and it's going to be way above 52,000 I mean they've got at the moment the 7th biggest stadium in the Premier League at it, it, it 52,305 um, but the, it used to be much bigger than that, oh, West Ham and various have come in and as you say other clubs, whether it's Everton, whether Aston Villa really, are going to move their situation and Newcastle will have to do the same, it is an impossible task and uh, Quite frankly, it is up to the new owners to do the feasibility studies and decide whether you attempt to build on top or whether you say the maximum we can do is make it 62,000 where it is that's pouring money down the drain because there's still going to be a demand after that. So we're going to have to move out and start again. Mm. Uh, My heart would be uh, very sad at Newcastle moving away, but my head would tell me that this is inevitable as long as Newcastle
0: have sustained success. I've just checked there. and Newcastle are now only selling digital memberships. So originally there were packs you get through the post, but they are only selling digital memberships, which perhaps suggests just how popular they were. Um, just just briefly on season tickets, John, it was a hot talking point. Uh, the club allowed you to get into the queue if you'd had a history of buying uh, any sort of ticket from July 2019. You could only buy one ticket per person. Uh, a lot of people weren't happy at that. Look, it, it was a case of whatever the club decided somebody was going to be unhappy. Of course, there's no question about that there's no question
1: about that and that is the ma- major decision they're faced with now if the state's in james's park some people will be saying well we should have an eighty 000 seat stadium and therefore we should have moved because St james's will never be 80 000 uh, and if they move out there'll be people saying say, are selling our heritage of 130 years so you can't win most clubs now are moving out and having new grounds, not many original grounds, you know, Highbury's no more, Main Roads no more, etc, etc. A lot of the old grounds are no more, and clubs are having to face moving slightly out of town. Uh, It is a very, very difficult one.
0: This is what success will bring you, is these tough decisions to... Oh, there's no question.
1: Every decision is tough, whether it's who the manager should be, who you should sign, where your ground should be. Every decision that is made is tough, especially if you're aiming for the top. And we, we've we said that, you know, players that we have rated in the past are now not good enough for Newcastle because we're aiming higher than that. And if we are going to fill this stadium, we've got to get better players than we've had.
0: And Just on the new owner, as Amanda Stavely said, in an interview with The Athletic not so long ago, that in her mind, 60-65 expansion at St James' Park would be possible. But moving would be like tearing your soul out, and I think that's how a lot of Newcastle fans will feel, John. But at the same time, I think from a business sense, when you see those numbers of people wanting season tickets, the the, the money side of it might at some point outweigh the sentiment of staying at St James's Park. I think it will. I
1: think that statement is the new owners showing the fans, yes, we know how much you care about St. James's Park. We know how much it is your cathedral on the hill. We know how upset you got. When Mike Ashley was going to call it something else We're aware of history And we do not trample over history But you've got to get ruthless I, you know, statements aren't written in stone I always remember, bless me, Freddie Shepard saying When asked if he, You're not going to sack Bobby Robson, are you? Saying no, and of course not Because that would be like shooting Bambi And five days later, he shot Bambi. Um, Decisions are made that are unpopular or are tough. And they may be proved to be wrong or they may be proved to be right. But tough decisions, you can't be Mr. Nice Guy all the time. You can't take the easy route all the time. Newcastle are going to face tough decisions. It It will be easier... For Saudis to look at a situation and say, Look, you know, we don't, the history of St. James's Park is a different thing, but we are going to move the ground. Why? For your sake, so that we can almost guarantee you getting in and watching Newcastle play. It
0: would be a lot easier to do if Newcastle are successful. And the well, one.
1: It's the only reason to do it. Yeah. If they're not successful, they don't need a, a ground that holds 80,000. But the
0: one thing you do get the feel now as well, any major changes that happen. Will happen with the consultation of fans, whether that be a badge change or indeed a change of stadium. Mean, you, you feel like the they've, owners understand the importance of this, and we'll get the, the
1: tightrope the of public opinion brilliantly since they came here. In terms of appointing a new manager, in terms of the way they look at the St James's Park project, in terms of the sensible way they have bought players. Uh, in terms of supporting the food bank um, going online with little remarks supporting war flags they have done the PR side absolutely brilliantly and I've got no reason to think that this would not be handled in exactly the same way if the big emotive decision is made to move out of St James's Park I'm certain it'll be handled in a way which the fans will understand and be throwing forward to say this is our way of trying to make certain all you geordies support the love of your life i.e Newcastle united the only way we can do that is by having a bigger ground etc etc i think the pr would have to be handled cleverly but i think it will be handled cleverly the big decision is do you take it in stepping stones do you spend a fortune Getting St James's Park up by about ten thousand, which is what they can do, only for you within a couple of years of doing that, haven't they start to make plans for moving movement ground completely, or do you grab the the this, the whole situation in, a, in in a grip from the start and say we're going from break broke? It's waste of money to build only ten thousand on top of St James's.
0: Mm. It's a a, a dilemma, a positive dilemma to have. And
1: it depends which day you ask me, Andrew. If I (laughs) I reply with my heart, I want us to say it's in James's Park. If I reply with my head, I can see the inevitability, if the success is big enough, Mm. of having to move away. I
0: don't think that depends on the day. I think that's just going to be the view of most people. Some will go with their hearts, some will go with their head. Absolutely, yes. On waiting lists, now, back in the days of Keegan, the entertainers, there were waiting lists. You know, again, this has popped up. You would assume at some point Newcastle will probably launch a waiting list. Talks of people paying to be on the waiting list, which I don't think I, I kind of agree with. I, I don't think no, anyone no, think should be paying to get on the, on the waiting that, list. It's hard that. It's hard that no. But I I mean it's inevitable there will be a waiting list of thousands. And again, it may just go to to force the issue right up to the top of the agenda, you know, on terms of do we expand or or do we move?
1: Yes. Uh, without uh, without a shadow of a doubt. And I mean, we've got to be truthful. We know that they will be looking at that situation now. They are always three steps ahead of the. You know, it, it's a very difficult uh, situation because you're looking at the team, you're looking at what you've got to do with that, you're looking at the transfer market, you're looking at your PR, you're looking at Dan Ashworth, and at the same time, you're looking at the stadium and what you can do. It's a, a hell of a balance act.
0: But the good point is, is that this time around, under you know, these owners, there's not just one man doing it. You know, they will have the right people in place. They'll have a team in place. Whereas under Mike Ashley, you sure. had one man doing everything, and that was Lee Charney. And you know, everyone has their opinion on, on on Lee Charney, but he could not do it all. But he was sort of tasked with it all, wasn't he? Well, because Ashley would never have dreamt of if. if I mean, Ashley, if he was going to do
1: anything regarding the St. James's park it wasn't extend because there was no need to he couldn't give ten thousand tickets away at the end uh what it was was can i make some more dough by doing nothing like selling the name of the club uh,
0: to become whatever Mm. and we won't dwell on this point too much because we did have a few people writing in um not so long ago saying you know we were sick we don't want to hear any more about mike ashley but the fact we're having this conversation and this time last year like you say they couldn't give the tickets Mm. or they had to give Mm. the tickets away it just goes to show yet another glaring mistake Mike Ashley made not to utilize this farm base because he could have quite easily been sitting there with well, with uh, the need to expand to a to a 60,000 seat stadium but you've
1: got to speculate to accumulate exactly. uh, and these guys will speculate to accumulate certain other owners have no wish to do with that um but the fan base has been there. I'm sick of using the expression, we are the greatest supporters of failure in the world. But we fiddle the ground with fifty two thousand when when we're fighting relegation battles, etc. So obviously if we're fighting Champions League, then it's a whole new ball game. The only thing proviso we've ever gotta have is that Newcastle have gotta stay up at the top end of things all consistently. Um which means the Champions League etc I'm, I'm not talking about next season. I'm talking at two or three mm. seasons' time. But they've then got to be up there regularly. Otherwise, you've got an eighty thousand uh, stadium seat on the on the town moor, and you're getting forty five thousand in it. Uh, if these owners disappeared or sus- uh, or, or success wasn't sustained, uh, which it, as long as these owners keep within the club and with the enthusiasm they've got, you cannot see that they would accept anything uh, less than a sort of ultimate success, mm-hmm. which would mean an, a new stadium.
0: You but meant- it wouldn't it be awful to have a stadium that was half so full? It would, it would. But we've experienced that in, in, in recent years, haven't yeah. we? You mentioned that the other time, we're, we're gonna get on to some potential locations for relocation of St James's Park. But first of all, I just wanna go back to the expansions that have happened in the past we're talking the lisa's end uh, when sir john hall built that in 1993 the sir john hall stand and then up to 1998 to 2000 the expansion to st james's park as we sort of know it now with a lopsided kind of view just give us an insight john to what it was like back in 1993 Uh, and the clamour for for seats and season tickets, because Mm. it's very similar to how it is today.
1: Oh, the whole thing's almost a replica when the Halls come in and um, appointed Keegan, which was sensational because he'd never managed before, and then the whole club took off with a sensational uh, number of signings, and every one was dearer than the previous one and every player was better than the previous player. All the way up from starting with Killer Kilkline and going Scott Sellers and all the stepping stones through to a young Andy Cole who was then sold and we got Ferdinand and we got Ginola and we had Beardsley, and we ended up with a world record fee for for, um, Shearer. They knew at the same time uh, Sir John Hall that uh, St. James's Park was nowhere near what was required. I mean, if you go back to 1966, we couldn't even play World Cup games at St. James's Park because it was that much of a dump. in, in, in the games in the Northeast were played at Walker Park in Essen Park, which was Sunderland and Middlesbrough. Um, but uh, the, the interesting thing when John Hall took over was that his company, Cameron Hall Developments, were in the building business. So
0: that he had all the expertise at his fingertips, if you if you like. Well, it's funny because there's certain Mr. Rubin's family, you know, isn't who, uh, Correct. you know, they've got a bit of experience in, in the, the old property business, as has Amanda Stavely in, in her company. So and I think
1: the Saudis just buy what they buy <laughs> in what the expertise that they need, and uh, so yes, yeah, in good hands. But I always remember talking at the time of the birth of the entertainers and I'm talking about the birth right at the start talking to Russell Jones who was the managing director of Cameron Hall Developments which is Sir John's company and he was put on the board at Newcastle by Sir John Hall Uh, and talking to him after the early stages of the rebuilding of St James's Park and he said it was a unique challenge because this was a living stadium in the city centre We couldn't close it down to work on it. They couldn't close the stadium down and work on it, which is what you would normally do if it wasn't a football ground. He said we wanted to create a major landmark in the city and a tourist attraction, and we felt we did that. It was like putting on a West End show every other week, he said, but still working on the stage at the same time. And it was phenomenal when you think of it. The the clock was always the enemy, at that time uh, the battle was initially was to get the ground ready for the opening match of the 93 94 season which was against spurs workmen were working 24 hours a day 7 days a week on the project at st james's the floodlights were even turned on so they could work through the night the floodlights were put on at St. James's Park so that the workmen could work through the night. And I said to him, well, how on earth did you manage to pull this off with the, with the guys concerned? And he said, luckily, virtually all the workmen were supporters of Newcastle United. Uh, and so were only too happy to, to throw themselves into what had to be done wireless suppliers and the subcontractors nearly all had boxes within the ground so it was a labor of love right across the board uh, and Newcastle I remember only made the deadline by the skin of their teeth for that spurs match TV cameras were covering the game and the fire officer who was there to make certain everything was up to scratch wasn't going to let them into their area just before the kickoff because there was a door missing that wasn't on and Newcastle had to rush around and find, find a, a joiner double quick to actually put the door on so that the television cameras could come in, so the game could be done. And that's how close they got to the, to the, um, to the problems I and mean, it falling flat on the face. It was a tremendous, and what we had at the end of it when it was all completed was at that stage. A wonderful, wonderful stadium. Of course, the neglect it's been since has transformed it into... It's still the imposing shell when you look at it, as you've said, coming over the Tyne Bridge or whatever. But it could have to with more than a lick of paint now.
0: But it was, at that time, a magnificent stadium. Mm, a few points that you've mentioned there will give an insight into maybe the issues the new owners would have in expanding the stadium and... So we're looking at the 1998-2000 to expansion. You know, they had to have a three-day close down before the matches on the weekend. It cost Newcastle then around £40 million, pounds, if not a bit more, just to expand, what was it, less than 20,000 seats. You know, some fans even lost their seats and there was a big hoo-ha about that. So that gives you the kind of you know, dilemmas the owners will be facing in terms of a cost implication, you know, and just the the way it would have to be done. It's not going to be easy because, as as you mentioned, John, the listed buildings, the the work that's already going on... on Lees's
1: Terrace is absolutely a killer from the point of view of uh, of St. James's Park. Mm. It's a listed building, so you can't do anything about that. Uh, I mean, Sir John Hall went in every... Facet of what might be able to happen regarding Leeds' Terrace because that's where they could have gone backwards and upwards mm. and um, ran into a brick wall over everything. The, <clears throat> what then was available to Newcastle was the Gallagher Inn to, to uh, expand. But of course the ground is, was sold, the ground outside the stadium was sold and therefore they hemmed in to a great extent that way. So really, going upwards is the one
0: way yeah. it and you, can be done at the moment. And you wouldn't want to go much further up on, on level seven at the Leeds' end than, than it already is, <laughs> would you? And <laughs> we look at potential locations now. Sir John Hall, there was a real plan to get into Leeds' Park, Castle Leeds, it was going to look like the San Siro. Uh, You know, there was, a, there was a campaign against it, and in the end it just wasn't viable. And You know, the, the expansion came around a lot of people are talking about this again maybe they could do a, a land swap you know they could build in eliza's park they could give the council the the land from st james's park and everyone be happy i'm sure newcastle would love it to be that easy i don't think it would be that easy no i don't, I don't think, think eliza's park is a viable option look it's a lovely bit of parkland and i i for one as as a lover of the city wouldn't want to see that 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 touch personally
1: yeah I, no i i think if Newcastle are going to have to look at a new ground they would probably have to move out of the city centre almost certainly whether that's Moor area or whatever I mean most of the grounds that have been rejigged have happened that way yes the, the new Arsenal ground there which isn't far from where Highbury Stadium was etc etc but you can't see anywhere very close to St James's Park, where, where a new Newcastle United Grand can be. Um, so it would have to be moving away. Uh, quite frankly, we're in the hands of the council and...
0: The planners, isn't it? I mean, yeah, a lot of without people a shadow of doubt. have suggested when the, the Newcastle Arena gets moved down to the Quayside, that's a potential location. We've seen the race course named as a potential location due to the fact that the Rubens. But again, the land round there, it's not exactly, you know, uh, prime for for 60,000, 70,000 seat stadium. It's just one of those, it's a million dollar question, isn't it? And that's why we're debating it here. Because if anyone's got the answers, they can make themselves a very rich man or woman. Um, Luckily,
1: as you say, they've got Jamie Rubin, the Rubin brothers and everything to talk with the Saudis yes. uh, as the local... I mean, they, they dominate a lot of Newcastle, yeah. the city of Newcastle. The fire the Reubens, station, and They're building the new you know, HMRC they, 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 they are well into the city as it is. So
0: you've got expert inside help uh, immediately available to you there. Now, one of the other options being banned about is the fact that you could turn the pitch around slightly. Now, I'm not a... A man who knows a lot about planning, and I'm not gonna go gonna even attempt to go into detail about that, but there is a suggestion you could turn the pitch slightly around. I think Spurs did something slightly, mm. slightly the mm. same. But I mean that in itself I think I think that the problem is if you do something like that, which is which isn't an expansion, and it is still, in my view, a redevelopment, you're gonna have to move Newcastle somewhere to play for two, three years, maybe, aren't you? We saw that with Spurs, they had to go down to Wembley for a long, long time. And where would Newcastle United go? They're not going to go to the stadium, allied. I mean, Gateshead, No, I don't think so. Gateshead stadium's not going to be big enough to, 11,000, to deal with demand. no good. So what are you no going to do? you Are going to temporarily go to, to the race course, which again, I don't think were big enough? It's it's all these questions that the yeah. owners in the boardroom are probably racking their brains to now.
1: And you you, you can't go up to Newcastle Falcons ground, not big enough. No. Nope. Uh, you know, the reserves used to play up there at one time, Newcastle Reserves, when that ground was owned by John Olofshund. Training ground's not big enough. No. I mean there is mammoth mammoth problems and i think we've just got to wait until we hear from the mm-hmm. owners as to what the options are and they will keep the fans on board yes. by keeping them within information without h- harking back to the ashley situation ashley kept you had the minimum information i'm talking about fans not necessarily press fans were given the minimum information possible about what was going on within St James's Park. It was almost like it's none of your business what Newcastle are doing. Yes, it is, Mike. It's our club, not your club. They will not go down that route. You, you will have consultation. You will have um, uh, reasons why certain decisions are made, not just the decision itself, but the thinking behind that decision. And I think... The fans will be kept on side right, right away along. Of course, you're not going to please everybody all the time. Uh, at the we might be in a honeymoon period now, where Newcastle can do nothing wrong. At Player in squad level, etc., etc. But they're going to be decisions this season when Eddie Howe makes some decisions they don't like by certain fans, team selections, etc., etc. It happens. You can't please everybody all the time.
0: But I think there will be consultation all the way. Mm. And just before we get some views from our listeners, where the point John's made there about not being able to please everybody all the time, believe me, the comments I've got here to read out. You know confirm that just before I do that, just a reminder to listen to the latest episode of Gibbo's Corner where we go through John's top 10, you United out your captains, and you get the chance as well to reorder John's list if you don't agree with him. Hundreds of you guys have filled in the survey, it'll take you just a couple minutes to do, and there's some really interesting results. And there's also a podcast introducing Sven Botman. I spoke to French football expert Jonathan Johnson. Who provided a really good insight into Newcastle's new defender? So, find that on our podcast channel. And please remember to like and follow the podcast through your podcast provider as well. Now, let's get into these common sense. So, um, I put this out on Twitter that we were going to record this podcast, John. I invited people to share their thoughts, and we've had quite a few replies. So, I'm just going to read through them and then you jump in at any point that you like. So, one from David Reed. He says, Newcastle needs to evolve, build a bigger stadium, supply and demand. I don't see Man City fans missing Main Road or Sunderland fans missing Roker Park. It has to be planned and built right and get rid of the old-fashioned laws. That says, we can't build on towns like the Tamara Move on. I don't agree with the latter part of that, but I can see the part, the point he's making about the first part. I mean, Man City, obviously they got the stadium from the Commonwealth Games, didn't they? But they have expanded twice in that time and they're around... I think it's about 55,000 now, mm. so they've expanded twice. They haven't moved yet from the stadium that they're at now, the, the city stadium. Obviously, they did move from Main Road. Um, but I mean, there is a point there, you know, supply and demand is probably David's main point that you know the, the demand's there, so you've got to supply the seats. Yes, uh, there's
1: absolutely no question. Having supplied the seats. You've, it's a wonderful balancing act, isn't it? Having supplied the seats, you've got to make certain you supply the results to keep those seats filled. So it, it, it's a, it's an exciting time. And I don't want to be negative in bang on regularly about you don't want empty seats because... If Newcastle do what we expect them to do, there won't be empty seats, and we will be consistently at the top end of the Premier League as we ought to have been when we went back to back seasons of finishing Premier League runners up. We missed a huge opportunity then. I don't think we will this time um, because these. People have got even more money than John Hall had to throw at it and he produced a world record transfer fee to get Alan Shearer. Uh, but these these guys are a different league whatsoever. And we've got to be positive, not negative, and say, yes, Newcastle are going to be up at the top end for a long, long time, the same as Man City and Liverpool, so therefore we've got to have
0: the right ground to accommodate that. Hmm. We've got Ian Crow on Twitter saying, I would prefer to stay as long as we can get capacity up to 70,000. I think that might be a bit of a an aim, but if not, then let's move to St. James's Park, Let sorry, then let's move St. James's Park a couple of hundred meters into Leeser's Park and turn the present SGP into Parkland with Leeser's Terrace on full view. And the ground is in a similar position and Park goes into the city center. We've got Paul saying, it would take a few years, but only one solution. Build a new stadium in Newcastle, leave St James's and play in the new stadium. Knock down St James's and rebuild a hundred thousand standing slash sitting stadium. Move back into the new St James's Park with the ladies, juniors, reserves uh, having the other stadium. So he's got a full plan there. By
1: Jove, he's uh, thought that out, hasn't
0: he? He has. No cost in there, but that's an interesting, um, uh, you know, suggestion there. We've then got Chris Wearson, They need to build on the east End, get into the council, even remove brick by brick and place elsewhere the listed building and fling the money into regeneration around the town. I mean, that's a nice an amb- thought, but I yeah, can't see yeah. it happening. And again, you know, I know we're talking about St. James's Park there, but I, I do love the history of Newcastle and, you know, them listed buildings. I know they are stopping a mass expansion in Newcastle and St. James's Park, but they're really important to the fabric. Of the yeah, I mean it,
1: I have heard people say, Andrew, well, there's so many wonderful, beautiful list of buildings in Newcastle, like take Grey Street, etc. That you know, what's one more? It's not going to be a yeah, If someone, simple if as someone
0: that. rolled down Grey Street with a bulldozer, yeah, I think you'd soon have people are kicking off there, wouldn't you? Um <laughs> Absolutely. We've got Philip Peppett here saying, I love St. James's Park, but I appreciate the owners uh, will we'll want to build the best football club in the world. They will want a stadium to follow that. Same vision. I want them to explore every possible way to expand St. James's Park while still ticking all the boxes needed. Make their case for how they want to go. I think ultimately, they will struggle to tick all the boxes they need in the stadium. 70,000 minimum cap, ideally 80,000. Lots more boxes incorporate. Multi-sport eventing and hosting. Uh, visually outstanding. He wants the wow factor, he says. I think the planner needs to start now and ideally work to start the end of the season. And I guess... You know, Phil makes a lot of good points. There, we we will see the owners want to. Everything has will have to be the best. You know, the Saudis have not come in here to mess about. You know, we see it with the the, the boxing that they hold over in Saudi Arabia with the, with the Anthony yeah. Joshua, the F1. You know, they want to be the best. They want this vision of them being the best in whatever business they get involved with. And you can see, you know, St James's Park fall into that category eventually. Oh, I think
1: without a shadow of doubt, and as long as they're going to be here, and they are, then we will inevitably face a moving of the ground. Um, You know, there's no way that if in the next 30 years we have the same... uh, owners if you like and Newcastle have sustained success there's no way that they can turn St James's, as it is right now into a big
0: enough stadium and that would mean moving couple more comments then we've got Mark Wallace saying stay and expand moving away from the current site would be a poor move in his opinion and then Mark says stay explore every possible way to expand to its limits I do think that the first protocol will be to stay and, and, and explore every possibility. I think that's what the owners will do. They will look to the best oh, of their ability to no expand. There's no question.
1: The, but they must as well be seen by the public. If we are to move away from St. James's Park, they have got to show that they've looked at every possibility of being able to stay where we are because of the 130-year history, because it the cathedral on the hill because it's iconic because of every reason they've got to look at that in total and then say we cannot shoehorn everybody into this it is a physical possible impossibility this is why it's an impossibility and this is why we have to move in an ideal world i want to stay where we are Mm. but but we, you know, you can't keep building upwards. No, you'd have to have binoculars, and you, if you suffer from vertigo, you would be in big trouble. And um, no, this sooner rather than later, this problem is going to have to be faced um, about the size of the ground and uh, how they achieve that. Mm. I think, as things stand, you can get another ten thousand onto St James's Park where it is now
0: after that
1: it's just going to be the cost whether
0: it's viable doesn't because we've, we've seen obviously the new owners have been perceived to have all this this wealth the richest club in the world many people label Newcastle as now but we've seen them be very clever in the transfer market where they're not going to pay over the odds for players they are not going to be held to ransom and I, and, I, and I do in many ways think that's will be a similar approach to to this if they do look to expand St. James Park and if they sit down and they say well we can expand the the the, the, the you know the east side of the stadium you know we can get maybe another 10 12 but it's going to cost you 40 50 60 million when a new stadium is going to cost you maybe 5 600 million is that viable well,
1: the, the difficulty there is, Andrew, that, uh, are, are you papering over cracks? Are you going to get another 10,000 in and then five years after you've got the 10,000 in, there's still another uh, 20,000 people desperate to get in. You're having sustained success. So you say sorry, this hasn't worked, we will now begin to build a new stadium. Well, in its cost, you say, £40 million extend, the one you've got is that money being thrown down the drain. Mm-hmm. It is a terrifically difficult balancing act.
0: Yeah, I think they're going to be very sensible with, with whatever money they spend, not just in the transfer market, but off the pitch as well. And we look around at other clubs, Everton's new stadium is going to be costing £500 million. Spurs' stadium is cost close to a billion or, a, or at least a billion. Villa are looking to expand into above 50,000, but they're going to stay at Villa Park. They're just going to make expansion to the stands. We've seen Anfield expanded. And I guess the, the question is, John, when I look at the cost of the Spurs stadium, it, it is a beautiful stadium, but that is a heck of a lot of money. You know, the evidence stadium, that's more money than the owners paid for Newcastle United. And it is just that the cost of whatever they do, whether they build the stadium or expand, is just going to be, as you say, phenomenal.
1: Oh, without a shadow of a doubt. And if you remember when they first did that at Arsenal, uh, a lot of Arsenal fans would say that that is when the club stopped dominating the Premier League titles, uh, that it. it used to dominate with Manchester United. I mean, Wenger and Ferguson just mopped everything up between them. But once Arsenal moved to the new stadium and Wenger was very proactive in that and and was quite happy to go down the route that the big buying couldn't quite happen in the way that it had because so much money had been committed to the ground, you know, it was almost the time when when Arsenal tapered off from what they were. Well, so we saw that was
0: Spurs, didn't we, as well? Yes. Which yeah,
1: absolutely. You know, it is a, a difficult, difficult uh, balance nap.
0: But many people compare Newcastle's farm base to that of Liverpool and it's quite interesting that they have elected to stay at Anfield, they've, they've spent millions, tens of millions of pounds on extending the stadium because, of course, their demand is through the roof as well. And you, you kind of get the feeling that if Newcastle... It's difficult because I came into this podcast thinking, not a chance, right? Newcastle need the stay in James' Park for all the reasons we've mentioned. I've gotten 80% of the way through it and now I'm, I'm thinking from a business side, well, actually, it's probably not viable. Now I'm going back to, to the example of Anfield and saying, well... Yeah, in an ideal world, <laughs> we, can expend, we, can ex- expend, uh, we can expand. We can expand. We can expand the the stadium and do what Liverpool have done and, and keep that history and that atmosphere because that's one thing you risk, isn't the it? Great, oh, the you, great difficulty, Andrew. You're absolutely right. We want to stay.
1: As I say, there's hundred and thirty years. Newcastle United have never played at any other ground either at the start or having moved like so many clubs have moved. They've played it's the hundred and thirtieth anniversary this year. They've played every single time at St. James's Park. For twelve years before that, uh, they they there were matches on St. James's Park. Um, Going back to 1880, uh, it's incredible. We want to keep that history. The location of it in the city centre is absolutely wonderful. But we're in a unique situation where the other grounds haven't had, where we're hemmed in by the the strawberry place and by the the listed terracing on the east end. So we have problems that
0: other clubs don't have. In, in expanding St James's Park, in terms pump. of the restrictions, isn't it? Yes, you do risk though losing that famous atmosphere, and I know it's easy for us to see on your Castle United podcasts, as your United journalists and fans as well. That you know the atmosphere at St James's Park is something special and unique. Wonderful. And my fear would be that if you move out of St. James's Park, you would initially potentially lose
1: that well, magical it, feeling. That again has been said, hasn't it? It was said that West, West Ham, Ham, you know, having left their beautiful ground and gone into this huge what was said by some to and be the Emirates as well. Uh, the Emirates, the, the Spurs situation where, you know, the floated it wembley and then has it affected things? Well, West Ham are, are, are buzzing where they're buzzing at the moment, great. But is the atmosphere what it was?
0: I think we've just started to see it build up this, this yes. the last and, season. Yes,
1: and, and I, think it, I think it will again. And the Newcastle fans are so passionate and so in love with their team. They will, Their passion alone will create an atmosphere wherever Newcastle play. There's absolutely no question about that in my mind uh, in lots of ways and I know how biased I am and, uh, and you are and every Geordie is that that we are exceptional but we think we're exceptional because we are exceptional the passion the desire the love there's not a club that has had such little success that is so passionate about the team and unwavering uh, in, in that the love of the club uh, as the Newcastle United fans have been. And if some sort of tangible success is going to come along now, like start winning FA Cups and League Cups and then getting into the Champions League and then perhaps long-term, let's say it, because it is the aim that you win the Premier League title and you win the Champions League. Of course, with the owners you've got, they're thinking of that. So why shouldn't we? You know, people say, oh, you should know your place, learn to walk before you can run. But that is what the decision over the ground will be taken against is the fact that if we are regular Champions League participants and if we're going to have a pop at winning the Premier League, and remember the John Hall's side, we're we're Premier League runners up two successive seasons, it's not only... And, and, Bobby Robson's side got third top of the Premier League. We've been knocking on the door before. You can get to that door. And, and and these people will get to that door. Now then then you've got the big, big problem of the stadium.
0: Yeah. What do we do then? Because as, as I've just explained, I have no what we, idea. What we
1: do, which is rather <laughs> wonderful, we'll wait to, in, until the new owners tell us exactly what they're going to do and why they're going to do it. And they will tell us that. And when it's explained, if it makes sense, if it retains the passion, if it happens the way, then the fans will go along with it. Why will it go along with it? Because it's the cost of of success and we want success if we take war flags with us, do you think there'll be no atmosphere in the stadium, wherever wherever the stadium is and however big it is? They might have to buy a few more war flags, but the the atmosphere... Well, they'll have a few more people to fly them,
0: so yeah, it'll all work out all right.
1: The atmosphere <laughs> will be will be there again. And if this is sold correctly, if it means moving from our spiritual home, and that would rip my heart out, and it would rip so many Geordie's hearts out, but we would all put up with it if it is the price to pay for success because 27, 55, 69. What's that tell you? 27, the league title, 55, the last domestic cup. 69 the last cup of any sort those numbers are tattooed onto my heart and i want them removed and if the only way they can be removed means we've got to bite the bullet on the ground then we've got to bite the bullet on the ground but that is the only reason why we should leave st james's park very 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 reluctantly if we have to and that's why we all went up in arms when the man who we don't want to mention too often uh, suggested that St. James's Park should now be known as Sports Direct Stadium or something. How furious can we get? That was sacrilege. Uh, This would be different and it would be well explained and we haven't got to that stage yet. We will face the inevitability. If you get anything in this world, there's a cost to be paid. Whatever it is, whether it's business, whether it's sport, whether it's in your domestic life, whether it, there's a cost to be paid for everything. And there, w- there could be a cost to be paid here. We listen to the argument, and if the argument sounds like this is the only way Newcastle can be as successful as you have all dreamed we would be for years with no hope of getting there, then I think that might change certain minds.
0: There we have it. It's certainly a debate that will rage on for many, many months, I think. But thank you very much for tuning in to Let's Talk About St. James's Park. Please remember to like and follow the podcast through your podcast provider and leave us a rating and review as well if you can. And head over to ChronicleLive.co.uk to keep up with all the latest Newcastle United news.